Welcome back to Those Happy Places, the podcast that treats theme parks, rides, and attractions like literature. I'm Buddy Duquesne. And I'm Alice White. And Alice, guess what? What? It's that time of year again. <gasps> it the is. days are getting shorter and shorter. The uh, nights longer and darker. There are leaves of different colors than the usual ones. Uh, and... Uh, the spooky, scary skeletons have begun to send shivers down our spines. It's October! <laughs> yeah, it is. It's October of 2020, and here we are, um, in the middle of it all, uh, thinking to ourselves about some of our favorite attractions in the entire world. Uh, namely, one very big, very important, very classic attraction that we have talked about a lot. And that would be the Haunted Mansion. <laughs> uh, specifically, the Haunted Mansion at Disneyland. Yes. Uh, which does have, you know, its its um, replicas, its pretenders. Uh, <laughs> and also its, uh, its, its kind of associated attractions, right? The other haunted attractions around the world, like Phantom Manor and Mystic Manor. Yeah. Yeah, the Haunted Mansion was such like a rousing, amazing success when it was released in Disneyland that uh, that they decided to replicate it everywhere. Every Disney, almost every Disney park has one, I think, um, or a related attraction. At least every resort has some kind of haunted attraction. I think that might be true, but it, it's it's to the point where Disney's parks feel a little incomplete without a haunted attraction. And we certainly would feel that way. We love a haunted attraction. <laughs> uh, so much so that uh, this is officially the fourth time that we've discussed the Haunted Mansion uh, at, uh, in its own episode on this show. Yeah, uh, and what is the purpose of this now fourth revisit? Well. Our very first episode, episode one of Those Happy Places, published now, I believe, 50 years ago, <laughs> uh, was all about the Haunted Mansion and the theories that we had built up around it uh, over the course of many years of writing it. It was a way to get those ideas out into the world, and it kickstarted this podcast. So the importance of Haunted Mansion has always been present in this show, right? But then we also followed it up with talk of the Haunted Mansion Holiday overlay. Uh, and uh, almost a year ago, or maybe it was an entire year ago at this point, uh, we covered the film with podcasting luminary uh, Charles Gustine of the Iconography Podcast. Right. We dedicated an entire episode to the, the movie, one that I believe we recorded um, longer than the movie actually was. I, I do believe we talked uh, longer than the runtime of the film about about that film. It's not a very long film, but no. we did beat it in terms of runtime. That that is true. Yes, and uh, and it was great fun, and it was uh, that was fun. The Haunted Mansion Holiday was fun, and of course our first episode, which was kind of just a conversation that we, you and I, had been having between us for, I don't know, like 15 years at this point. <laughs> just the two of us. And and was the inspiration for making this, uh, making this podcast. And yeah. um, I don't know, I don't know about you, but this October, I'm particularly missing visiting some of my favorite haunted attractions, uh, including the Haunted Mansion, but extending to Not Scary Farm and to other, you know, other fall attractions, you know, pumpkin patches and hay rides and, and all of these things that normally I would be able to enjoy this time of year, um, but am currently not doing. <laughs> My most missed fall attraction is a cornfield maze. Uh, and I just, yeah, I don't see it happening this year at all. And that is a little sad. So instead of wallowing in that sadness, uh, let's return to a comforting favorite and see if our perception, if our ideas have evolved or changed, or if we've brought anything new to the ideas of the Haunted Mansion that we have on this show. Right, so let's go back. Let's go back all the way to February 2018. 
I believe, <laughs> which is when we released our very first episode of Those Happy Places. Uh, Alice, do we have a clip? Yes, I'd like to play for you a clip. Um, maybe not our finest of audio qualities, um, but I would like to play for you a clip of a conversation that we had regarding the Haunted Mansion and its conversation that it starts with it, its audience about uh, death positivity. Roll that clip. But, That's but, interesting, right? It's, but it's, it's super dark and yet kind of joyous. So uh, as, as you ah. move into the graveyard and there was the swinging wake, which was already a party, uh, the party kind of moves out into the graveyard and everybody's having a good time singing Grim Grinning Ghosts. Uh, and then a uh, ghost follows you home and the ride is over. And it doesn't feel like a downer ending. No, and here's why. I am so ready, ready for your t- uh, your pet topic this week. I would like to tell you about jazz funerals. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm really excited for your take on this. I just there, there's a, a handful of things that I that I want to talk about this episode, but a big one tonight is jazz funerals. Uh, a jazz funeral is a traditional celebration. Uh, and and I'm not even going to say for lack of a better, better term, that's what it is. It's a celebration in traditional like New Orleans area, like Bayou, Louisiana, lots of um, that, that kind of culture down there. A jazz funeral is a funeral procession that follows a coffin to its final resting place and is accompanied by mournful music from a live band. A, 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 a typically a couple of trumpets and a trombone and this this people dressed in all white it's it's uh, playing mournful sad funeral music but the, as soon as the body is placed into the ground as soon as the coffin is lowered into the dirt the music turns celebratory and triumphant they play things like when the saints go marching in and all of these like party tunes on the on these jazz instruments it's a celebration of a person's life like you're not allowed to cry after that point that's the end you celebrate and and the ending of the haunted mansion is walking you walk out you walk up that conveyor belt you you walk back out into the light and you've been in the dark for it's a six minute ride not including, not including the pre-show the, or show depending on how you look at it or the show show <laughs> not including the like from from the minute that you get on the dune buggy to the minute you walk off the dune buggy it's six minutes that doesn't include any other elevator or anything so you've been underground and in the dark for a really long time you step out into that light and suddenly you're back at disneyland and more often than not if you turn immediately to your right and look out towards Pirates of the Caribbean, there's a big old oh, yeah. jazz band playing music right there. Oh, yeah. This is your, this may, if you subscribe to the death theory, this is your jazz funeral. You've just died, basically, and you've come out into your own funeral. That's, that's really an incredible connection that I, I never really made. If you don't subscribe to the death theory, then it's a little bit like, it's it's this weird um it's this weird like dissonance. You're like I just watched this like really crazy intense like thing about death and there's more than one suicide and like I don't know like and then suddenly that's bright and shiny and Disney again. Like that sort of darkness versus light is so unique. There's not really another ride in Disneyland. Uh, that does maybe that. maybe not a ride anywhere at all. I mean, other haunted attractions uh kind of kind of rely on you leaving feeling super spooked out. Uh it, like they want you to believe right. it was real that you really experienced a haunting where uh Disneyland has no such priority. Uh it, it's it's designed to be atmospheric and to remind you of hauntings and the imagery of being haunted, but it right. kind of delivers in a different way. It's like you saw something that was way more real than those fake real things. Uh, you, you saw like <laughs> real ghosts singing, but they're not upset about it. They're like kind of having a good time with me. They're like, this just kind of, yeah. kind of happens. Wow. 
Wow. Am I glad that we have upgraded our microphones since then? <laughs> Boy, howdy. <laughs> Me too. Um, but uh, past buddy and Alice raise a couple of really interesting points there. Um, what do you... Now that we're we're two years out and we're we're um, better and more experienced podcasters, what do you think about the, the haunted mansion and its uh, and its conversation it has about death? Actually, Alice, I would say that we're um, two and a half years out from this episode. Oh, we, we have gained a lot of experience since then, and the concept of death positivity has been really present for me lately, uh, and. I still think that what we had to say back then definitely applies to the Haunted Mansion uh, in terms of how it manages its extremely unique tone, right? Like, how many haunted attractions do we see out in other theme parks where the point of the attraction is to walk a fine line between spooks and scares and joy and jokes and laughter it it almost doesn't exist anywhere else almost not at all every time i think about visiting haunted attractions or attractions meant to be scary walk through haunted houses or like the mazes at a at a halloween attraction like not scary farm or halloween horror nights those uh are pretty much exclusively meant to scare you, to startle you, to get your adrenaline pumping, to to move you to to question like your not necessarily your safety, but a little bit your safety, right? Like it it is almost meant to trick your body into thinking that you are genuinely scared or terrified. Yeah, um, it's the the illusion of a threat, right? Exactly. Uh, and and that sort of attraction does have its benefit and its place for sure and it even has its own sense of humor there's this jump scare followed by the relief and the laughter as you realize that you were never really in danger right and right. that that humor is very present and very real and totally valid i'm not saying that other haunted attractions are always dour and violent and humorless that's not what i'm going for here but when i think about the haunted mansion I think about how quickly and effortlessly and how absolutely, like, perfectly it blends those two moods. The the genuine scary parts of the Haunted Mansion, the parts where you're in total darkness and hearing screams, or when things are popping out from the graves and uh, scaring you a little, like, those moments... They're, they're not quite as numerous as you might expect, but also they are truly genuinely scary. Absolutely. They, they, do, they do scare you. You do get that like little adrenaline rush of being frightened. Um, but the ghosts in the Haunted Mansion are having a party. You're invited to hang out. You're getting a tour of a beautiful house. There's, there's, the tone is immediately different from other haunted attractions. It's not saying... Welcome to this haunted house where the ghosts are here to terrorize you, scare you, and make you want to leave. It's welcome to this haunted house. Here's a little seance. The ghosts are here to meet you and to, yeah. to show you what their life is like inside this beautiful mansion. That's funny. We never really talked about how welcoming the haunted mansion is. Like, truly, it is about being hosted, right? <laughs> Yeah, like, the ghost host is along for the ride, giving you this tour, and it's friendly. It's it's truly a like welcoming, friendly environment, full of people who are there to enjoy themselves and to to allow you to enjoy yourself as well. Yeah, you get and, words like happy haunts and grinning ghosts and other alliterative phrases, <laughs> <laughs> and they're they're there. It's a deliberate choice by the designers and the writers to make you feel. Um, both out about out of your comfort zone and completely at ease at your same t at the same time. Yeah, uh, that that notion of kind of a spooky ghost butler kind of attending to your every need uh, and describing the house as you go through it um, is so integral to this idea, and it allows the whole house to feel like a home. Uh, the homeliness of this ride <laughs> is 
key to its success. And so I know we were talking about death positivity, but how do we make ghosts and hauntings welcoming? And I feel like the answer is everything about the Haunted Mansion. Right. There's no one answer to how does the Haunted Mansion make you feel positive or or you know, optimistic or even like happy to be there amongst the death, right? There's no one answer. The answer is every piece of it from the the ghost host from the voice to the uh to the animatronics to the you know the choice of words throughout the script and the amazing song that plays throughout is all there to uh to find that line and walk it confidently yeah i i'm thinking about all of the choices along the way that add to the welcoming like idea here like the the idea that it is a party a swinging wake right (laughs) and that the ghosts are enjoying themselves it adds to this idea that death is not an end but a transition that it is about that, that this haunting is about the echoes of the living and those echoes are positive echoes which is actually kind of in stark contrast to what we've kind of decided is the key to hauntings right like in literature uh right this is a conversation and an idea that we wanted to explore on this show about the idea of of a genuine haunted attraction. Not one that's made by Disney, not one that's constructed every year for Halloween, but like haunted spaces and haunted places, especially here in America, um, that you can go to visit. You've got um, the Winchester Mystery House. You've got the um, the the real, you know, murder house in Los Angeles. American Horror Story is based off of. You've got... Um, the house that inspired all of the Amityville horror series. That's like a real place that you can go visit where quote unquote, true stories of quote unquote, real hauntings actually happened. Um, And you can visit these locations and, and like explore these spots where the haunting of it and like the real like terror involved is, um, is about the, humans that occupied that space and about like the real life actual human terror that has inspired stories like this yeah be they actual historical events or even just like rumors and vibes that people get off of a place hauntings are about they're about the experience right they're about things that go on to people at places. The Winchester Mystery House is one of the most interesting to me. And unfortunately, it was part of the plan this year to make it part of our October episode for those happy places to like go and visit. Yeah. It unfortunately did not happen, right? But part of the backstory of the Winchester Mystery House is that you know, the house became what it is, which is a kind of strange construction with dead ends and doors to nowhere and things like that. Because, you know, Mrs. Winchester, who lived there, was haunted by spirits and was trying to confuse them. Uh, And so was building the house out and out and out as a way to both give herself something to do but also to make the ghosts leave her alone. Um, And so that's interesting because what is a haunting if not kind of a form of collective psychosis? I I know that's not necessarily the most sensitive thing to say, but like what actually happened at the Winchester house? I guess a woman wrecked by guilt about her family's connection to the development of weapons, who happened to have a lot of money, created a strange house. And now it's open as an attraction. Right? right. And and the thing that makes me interested in the Winchester Mystery House is this... I don't know. It's, it's 
the way that that tragedy, a very personal tragedy, became shorthand for haunted and then became an attraction. And those transitions over time, maybe someday I'll be able to visit and really get the whole story. But from what I've read, those transitions over time, they just make me feel kind of gross, actually. Yeah. Like, like it's not for me. Like, it's not a place I should be. uh, And not a place that necessarily needs to be explored because it's sad. And bad things happened there. And many haunted attractions are the same way. It often much more extreme. Murders happened there, right? Like, yeah, true human tragedies happen in places that get turned into attractions all the time. I mean, you gosh, you can go so far as to say, like, Civil War battlefields that you can go visit get that get turned into national parks and therefore attractions. The reason why this place, like like Gettysburg, for example, is famous and visitable is because a lot of people died there. And it's uh it, it's really walks a fine line between like, is this something we explore to learn from, or is this something we explore to satisfy some like morbid curiosity that lies within us. It's kind of a kind of a combination, I would imagine, for almost everybody, right? Yeah. Uh, and so, so here's a bold thesis statement, just to kind of put a cap on this conversation. Hauntings and ghosts and spirits and things like that. Your mileage may vary with how real or not real you think they are. But for the moment, let's just say not real, right? Unprovable. Uh, But what's real about haunting is the scars that human action can leave on a place. And in many ways, we can pick up on that without even really knowing the specifics of what happened. It's a feeling of unease and disrepair or wrongness that contributes to kind of a subconscious reaction that tells you this place might be haunted. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And that's a really complex like thing to even really think about. But there is a lot of literature and horror literature specifically that is kind of about that, where haunted houses or haunted mansions, even, <laughs> or, or haunted places aren't really about a ghost that lives there, but it's about the past that was there. Right. Uh, a couple of, uh, of examples, like, in, in media that I've been thinking about recently, um, where... <laughs> Uh, one one example I've been thinking of there is a I, I think an ac- actual ghost in the story but but anyways I'm talking about Crimson Peak <laughs> <laughs> I'm here to talk about Crimson Peak for a second there are real ghosts and actual haunting in that in that film but um, what you find spoiler alert I suppose to get forward thirty seconds or so is that the the real the real haunting of that story is the people that are there. And the terror that they're able to inflict on each other. And that that the ghost is not necessarily the bad guy, <laughs> but rather the, um, the expression of terror that can be induced from human to human. Another example, very popular right now, there's a book out called Mexican Gothic, which is incredible and amazing, and I won't even come close to spoiling it um, because it's really new. Um, but it's a very similar idea. Is this an actual ghost here, or is it the people that are um, that are haunted, to use <laughs> to use the word of the day, um, in that are haunted and driven to um, inflicting, you know, pain or horror on on each other or on on other people? Yeah, and to kind of bring it back to the Haunted Mansion, let's talk about the film where that is absolutely the case. The mansion itself is haunted because of a 
long past tragedy yes. that has turned the mansion from something that was a place of life uh, to a place haunted by spirits. Uh, and it ends really strangely with a confirmation that there is a Christian God and a Christian hell. Um, really, really difficult line for them to have, uh, to have towed there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, even that film for all of its flaws understands the idea that what makes a place haunted isn't that you put blue ghosts all over the place and make them do scary things, but it's about what actually happened there. Yeah. Um, and so it, it can be silly sometimes and executed poorly sometimes. Not in the case of Crimson Peak, which is secretly a brilliant film. It's that secretly everybody a just brilliant... misunderstands it. Yes, yes, thank you. <laughs> so glad you've come around. It took me a while. Charles um, Gustine understands. <laughs> Charles Gustine definitely dragged me over that threshold. Yes, go um, listen to that episode of Iconography found wherever you can find podcasts. That's true. Uh, but, you know, here's my question. Does the Haunted Mansion, the ride in Anaheim, California, does it fill that quota? Is that what makes the mansion haunted? Because my gut reaction is no. The Haunted Mansion is haunted because there are ghosts there. <laughs> and there I, was no real tragedy. I want to agree with you. Except that when they refurbished the Haunted Mansion, they added real tragedy to the story. There is now a story within the Haunted Mansion that involves a woman who murders like six men. And their their faces and their names and their like things are located throughout, scattered throughout the the attic, sure. And Constance's presence, Constance Hashaway, um who her she's literally in there um and you hear about the crimes she committed and you read about the crimes she committed um and that has become that that changes i think there's like just that one part of the ride where you're in the attic and it's all of like her ex-husband's like effects and paintings of them where they disappear from the painting. Their um, heads disappear. Their heads the disappear from the painting. And then there she is holding a hatchet. And that takes it from a, like, look at the swinging wake and look at the, you know, every, Oh, these ghosts are dancing and having a good time. Adam Leota is here to bring them, you know, into, into being, um, aren't we having fun? to a story of, like, human tragedy. Sure, it's fake. It's entirely fictional. But that middle part of the ride, where suddenly it has a plot, <laughs> and, like, changes things, I think. Yeah, and it's a plot that exists kind of isolated in that room. <laughs> right? If I were to push back against your argument just there for a moment... It would be that Constance's story couldn't possibly be the story of the entire mansion. Like, she didn't kill everybody in the mansion. No. She didn't kill 998 other people <laughs> and turn them into ghosts. Uh, she killed six husbands and menaces us with a hatchet. So it's not necessarily the whole haunting right no you're no you're totally right so so i guess to to take it back to the original question then like is the haunted mansion haunted by the ghosts of the past can we say that because constance exists and is in the attic and killed her husbands and she menaces us with a hatchet and even asks us to hurry back in a menacing way as we exit the ride <laughs> so she is a central figure, and it is a big deal that she's there. But since the mansion isn't about her, she's more like a featured player. Something that happened at the mansion, sure, but that doesn't define it. And what I would argue is that because the haunted mansion lacks that defining tragedy, that defining identity that makes it into a truly quote-unquote haunted space, it actually kind of bucks the trend 
of what a haunting is and what we even might expect from a haunted attraction. And that is part of what makes it special and unique. I think that other haunted attractions that are fake and constructed lean into, ah, yes, but this is dangerous and very real for your brain to experience. <laughs> Where the Haunted Mansion doesn't do that and doesn't even have pretension at presenting a haunted place. Instead, I would argue that it's presenting a retirement home for happy ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bringing it, I bet, I guess, back to uh, the idea of positivity after after death, right? The idea of death being not a negative space but a positive one, um, which is uh, which was, I suppose, the thesis statement of our very first visit uh, to the haunted mansion with this podcast. That brings us to another point we made in that episode about the idea of, of positivity after death and about like uh, cultural ideas of death uh, being explored in the Haunted Mansion in New Orleans Square and the idea of jazz funerals. Yeah, jazz funerals are the uh, traditional New Orleans burial tradition. <laughs> for lack of a better term, where caskets are carried to their final resting place uh, with a jazz band that is playing mournful music, but as soon as the burial actually occurs, the band begins playing happy music. Right, and uh, and so past us talked about this as a as a pretty unique thing that the Disneyland Haunted Mansion attraction is able to explore by placing their haunted mansion in New Orleans Square as opposed to Liberty Square in Walt Disney World or Frontierland, like in Disneyland Paris. Uh, they're able to draw on that tradition of New Orleans and of the the people from that area about the the idea of a of the jazz funeral, of a happy funeral. That death is not necessarily a uh, a sad, tragic thing to be feared and mourned, but rather to be celebrated and uh, and embraced. Yeah, and that was something I wanted to add to the conversation about jazz funerals, is that the placement of the Haunted Mansion in Disneyland, California, allows for that connection. And that connection is much more tenuous in other Haunted Mansion-type rides and their locations in the other parks. And I think there's something to be said that, like, in Florida, the concept of the mansion, despite the fact that the plot is very similar and that the mansions are practically identical inside, on the outside, the mansions are quite different, and then they have that different place within American culture. I think the Haunted Mansion presents a unique... American attitude towards death. Uh, a almost agnostic sort of attitude where it's spiritual but not mystical, if that makes any sense. Sure. Um, and there doesn't seem to be any particular faith going on in this kind of haunting. So it's, uh, I don't know, it just feels kind of like ghosts without a lot of the mythology. Um, and so my question is, you know, is this kind of haunting an American haunting? Uh, is this kind of attraction best used in an American type setting? Does it have an Americanness to its genre? And I would argue that it must at least somewhat have that quality because of the existence of Mystic Manor. Right, Mystic Manor, a uh, amazing little little attraction. Amazing. That we did not, I think, I don't think we've ever talked about Mystic Manor on this show. Not uh, except at any length. in passing, like just naming it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Mystic Manor is the Hong Kong Disneyland answer to the Haunted Mansion. And 
as a as a structure it's similar it's it is a big house that is mysterious and mysterious things can happen in said house but when constructing a so-called haunted attraction in hong kong disney was met with resistance uh as far as building uh building an attraction that featured ghosts in uh in china because the chinese people traditionally don't have the same relationship to ghosts as American audiences do, um, as so much of their spirituality rests on, um, on ancestors and about the existence or the presence of ancestors. And so to them, a house full of ghosts of their ancestral, you know, people would be disrespectful and um, and probably like just touching a little too close to their actual spirituality. So instead, it's a house that's <laughs> that's touched by magic instead of ghosts. It's not haunted. It's magical. It's like enchanted or uh, maybe possessed, right? Like spirits and mischievous spirits, they exist in almost every culture. These are spirits that are non-human. Like they're they're like, yeah, like some kind of not demon. That's not the right word, but you know what I mean. Like mischievous spirits of right. non-human entities. So what happens in the story is that you're introduced to the uh, to the owner of the house and his adorable pet monkey, who uh, touches an artifact that maybe he should not be touching. That they're collectors of of artifacts from around the world he's a very british sort of guy an explorer i think he's supposed to be part of the society of explorers and adventurers it could be um and so the his adorable little pet monkey touches i think a music box um that he's not supposed to touch and releases uh yeah like mischievous spirits or some kind of like magical entity that uh possesses the things in the house and makes them kind of come to life and dance and move around and and it's um, frankly adorable. It's a really precious ride, and it's trackless. Which I mean, we love the Omni Mover, obviously. Praise the Omni. Praise the Omni Mover. But um, but this trackless ride where you get you get brought from room to room inside the manor, and you see all of these artifacts kind of come to life and move around, and a cannon shoots at you at one point, and the and then there's tiki's that kind of look like from the tiki room and they dance around like the tiki rooms like a like a fun call back to the enchanted tiki room um and then at the end all the spirits go back into the music box and the explorer comes back out and he's like did you touch that music box and the monkey's like no (laughs) (laughs) and it's uh it's really cute and it's and it's fun and it's a, a different kind of spirituality, a different kind of like exploration of what can make a house like that um, ha- haunted for, you know, to again, use the word of the day. Yeah. And I guess my question is, is that really a haunting or is that like a, a supernatural occurrence? Are they because different? I, I think I think <laughs> hauntings are distinct. And. I don't know if hauntings are distinctly American, but I think there's kind of a distinctly American flavor of haunting that is about that tragedy that happened at a place. And it can be quite general, even. Like, this is where all the bad things happened. (laughs) Um, And I feel like, you know, in the case of the Mystic Manor, it's not about the scars that tragedy, tragedy leaves on a place. It's about... Uh, a fun romp with unexplainable forces um which is different than a haunting i would say right uh, it's di- yes i and agree so, <laughs> like when we look at disneyland paris and the existence of the phantom manor and how it leans heavily into this old west aesthetic and storyline it it feels like to me that the actual genre of the haunted mansion which I feel like in the past we've said is general hauntedness or like kind of general spookiness, right? Uh, Is actually American spookiness. And I feel like that's an idea that maybe we could research more and explore a little bit more, but it's an interesting idea 
And that means that the Haunted Mansion is an even more complex, rich vein for study than we imagined. <laughs> uh, well, and, and, and on a topic that we could discuss and study and debate for hours upon hours, <laughs> uh, and have done, as evidence that this is the fourth time we've covered it on our, on our show. Um, yeah, I wonder how, um, and, and we would love, we would love input on this, um, how the relationship between like a haunt, like a haunted house, how American is that idea? I feel like it features so prominently in our, like in our film, in our media. Um, but uh, versus like other kinds of of psychological or supernatural like like which parts of the world focus more on like beasts or demons or um psychological you know trauma or thriller you know i i feel like every part of the world kind of has like a different focus on on things is this a spirit is this a you know a a malevolent um like echo of a real person or is it just a general like from hell demon kind of thing i feel like every everybody's got their own like genre of horror and but haunted house specifically feels american uh and i i want to i really want to to explore that idea further all right alice you know what to drag this conversation back to the dead center of the topic (laughs) i'd like to talk about one aspect of the haunted mansion that i don't feel gets enough credit and actually has not gotten nearly enough credit in any of our conversations about it and that aspect is the unique role of cast members in creating the atmosphere of the haunted mansion absolutely um, the Haunted Mansion cast members have such a, I guess, a, a really unique uh, job that is not really replicated maybe anywhere else in Disneyland um, or in D- the Disney parks. Their job is not to uh, welcome you or make you smile or uh, help you out with any questions you may have, uh, as, as cast members are very good at doing. Uh, their job is to be very uh, cold and stoic and uh, and to enhance the atmosphere of the of the house. Yeah, and that can involve looking sad, um, looking <laughs> melancholy. Looking Some angry. cast members even wear makeup to look pale um, or kind of ashen in their face. Uh, there is a general malaise about these cast members and a a playing in to the spookiness that is also just as playful as the rest of the attraction. Right, and it's, again, part of the, the line between grim and playful that the Haunted Mansion itself is really good at walking um, is that these cast members are acting very very sad or melancholy or even sometimes um, like frightening um, but it's clearly in good fun you can tell that these people are here they're playing a part they're wearing a costume they're wearing the same name tag that everybody else in Disneyland is wearing you know that they're part of the staff and they're you know regular cast members but they get to play a part they they get to act a little bit and 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 that i think goes a long way in how you while you're waiting in line or or when you're getting onto the elevator and and or while they're helping you onto the omnimover for example they they are enhancing praise the omnimover they are enhancing the atmosphere while also almost reassuring you that this is a game like we're doing this this is fun for us to do we're playing a part we're acting along with you and therefore there's nothing to fear yeah i mean talk about welcoming but they are dressed as a staff member at a mansion as a butler or a maid right but in these green and black outfits that accentuate the mansion itself um and so they feel like a spooky 
sort of hospitality. Yeah. Uh, and that's wonderful. Alice, here in October of 2020, we have been watching as thousands, 28,000 cast members were furloughed or laid off. Yeah. Uh, and it has been something of a tragedy. Yeah, it's it's definitely a, a tragedy. It's been hard to watch where you where it feels senseless and it feels like like some of the 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 light that some of these cast members have brought to their jobs and the, the how much they they appreciate the work that they get to do is now is now gone is has kind of put a damper on talks about theme parks and 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 certainly on us as we we don't want to see anybody in in pain anybody hurting or struggling um and times are times are difficult and and it 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 stinks to to look at this this group of people who dedicate their you know working lives to making people feel comfortable and welcome at a happy place um suddenly be able to not be able to do that it's uh it's unfortunate yeah i i have seen photos from cast members that worked at the haunted mansion that are now no longer working at the haunted mansion and that idea that the cast members at the haunted mansion play a unique role that allows them to play along and welcome the audience in and enhance the experience. And that many of those cast members no longer get to do that. And their livelihoods have just disappeared is part of what makes talking about how important they are difficult. Absolutely. Um, and that doesn't just mean the cast members at the haunted mansion. What makes the cast members at the haunted mansion so special is the way they contrast their counterparts elsewhere in the park, right? Right. So, like, the Jungle Cruise skipper plays a different, unique role in enhancing the park. The um, person working at the popcorn stand in Toontown plays a different, unique role in enhancing the park. Everybody in Batu plays a unique role in enhancing the park. And it's the variation... And yet that same baseline of welcoming and service is that is what makes a cast member such a unique employee, right? So in conclusion, cast members at the Haunted Mansion are great and play a very important role in creating that unique atmosphere, that welcoming, and at that same time, that menacing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and it's... I think about the cast members a lot and I think about the the Haunted Mansion and the the ones you mentioned specifically are like really standouts. The Haunted Mansion, the Jungle Cruise, the Batu, you know, people like that who are really standout. And you, everybody I feel like has a story of remembering a cast member that really, that really stood out to them and really like enhanced their experience. Uh, I think about, you know, a particularly good Jungle Cruise skipper or one time waiting in line for the Haunted Mansion and a cast member just kind of walking up and staring at me for like a while. <laughs> <laughs> and she was so, it was so funny and it was so like charming and, and welcomed in, you know, you wait in a really long line and they go out of their way to kind of like bring levity to it while being grim and, and sad at the same time delightful but every cast member has you know plays a part like that you think about videos that go viral all the time of like somebody working on the custodial staff using like a pressure washer to draw mickey mouse on the ground you know like and and those pictures and and that that smile on their face while they're doing it is something that that gets captured and shared and appreciated by thousands if not millions of people around the world and and to be able to to give to give that experience to a guest at the park i mean we were both cast members we remember we what it was like to yeah. to to be able to share the the joy of of good work of good honest work um and to have that taken away it's it's uh, it is we like 
really feel for we know we have cast members who are listeners um and we like really feel for you and we get yeah, it we do uh and yeah <laughs> it, it, it's it this this part of the conversation does make it tough and you're right it's it's every cast member and it's everybody behind the scenes too yeah. and theme parks are about people uh they're about the people who visit and the people who make it happen uh and you could take out all the attractions and fill it with great people and you could still find a way to have fun i think yeah. uh and so the haunted mansion is not alone in having special cast members that enhance the scene and enhance the, the attraction um yeah Oh, we just like talking about the haunted mansion we just and do. boy i love the dresses i think about them a lot about the, yeah. the the costumes that the cast members get to wear, the that like gorgeous green and black dress with the apron and everything, you can buy. We talked about this in our very first episode. I think we talked about like some of the merchandise that they sell about the haunted mansion. You can buy an apron that looks like the dress that that cast members wear. You Honestly. don't really get to do that for other like what other cast member in in Disneyland has an, a costume that you can, like, buy a piece of and wear it at home. Uh, the Indiana Jones hat is worn by many cast sure. members at the Indiana Jones ride. Uh, it's also but, worn by Indiana Jones. <laughs> right, so it just feels kind of like a reference. This this feels like a piece of world building. And actually, the apron is one of my most wanted pieces of Disneyland merch <laughs> because I wash my dishes by hand and splashback is a real problem. <laughs> and I just want to feel spooky while I do that. Yeah, spooky and beautiful. You would look really nice in that, I think. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and so let's talk a little bit about merch because I feel like Back in the day, we were saying things like, you know, the Haunted Mansion merch is part of its identity in that it takes moments and symbols and even the wallpaper and turns it into something that you can take with you that's purchasable and that's symbolic of the Haunted Mansion. And there are very few other rides that have that level of detail that becomes iconic when separate from the rest of it. Right. I'm thinking about like Pirates of the Caribbean and how there isn't a pattern that you can take off of one of the walls in Pirates of the Caribbean and wear on an apron. No, I, I was thinking the same thing. Pirates was the first example I thought of too when you brought it up was that the Pirates of the Caribbean merch is like a, you know, a pirate hat and sword, like a general, like, like a costumey pieces or... Um, or like a t-shirt that says Pirates of the Caribbean on it or, or fake jewels or something, costume jewelry, you know, thing, things like that, uh, in, in Batu, in, in Galaxy's Edge or in Tomorrowland, the Star Wars merch you're finding is not like, oh, wear this piece of the, of the, you know, spaceship that you're on. Uh, it's wear this cool t-shirt with the Star Wars logo on it where, you know, buy this uh, Porg toy that sits on your shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 it's stuff that like belongs in like the theme and the world, but it's not like a piece of the ride itself. I think maybe the only other example maybe is uh, Small World where like they'll take like the, the facade of Small World and turn that into a pattern on, on things. And that's, that's partially because the facade of Small World is gorgeous and geometric and already like a piece of art, right? Right. Uh, where I feel like the the wallpaper especially always gets me because yeah. it's perfect. Like, <laughs> there's nothing like it, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's eyes and design and purple and <laughs> it's honestly one of the least subtle things in the Haunted Mansion. It's not like a subtle nod to the Haunted Mansion either. I don't want to say like, that's what sets the Haunted Mansion apart is this like subtlety and how you can take little pieces of it and it still is distinctly the Haunted Mansion. Like, no, this is just out there, right? It's very much the wallpaper from the Haunted Mansion. It's got eyes on it. <laughs> <laughs> and yet I, I feel like no other, no other 
themed environment has ever reached that level for me where I'm like, yo, that's a crazy good detail. I want that on an apron Um, (laughs) or I want that on socks or I want that on anything. No, I've got Uh, the most comfortable pair of leggings that I've ever worn. The softest, warmest pair of leggings and it's all wallpaper. (laughs) (laughs) And it's funny, like now that I think about it, there's one other icon in disneyland that i'm like okay i'll I'll buy anything with this on it and it's the star tours logo yeah Um, like old 70s looking star tours logo yeah exactly that's good stuff but it's like a symbol right like you could put that on anything and it's just fine and cool like this is (laughs) this is something else it's a pattern yeah And and disney has really gotten kind of into not necessarily the patterns but the idea of um of like a color or like a like a like a theme, a color scheme even that is like like color of the year, uh, like heck color like of the pink, season, color of the season, you know. And it's not like they did millennial pink and they did uh, Arendelle blue and potion purple and um, uh, the new brown and gold one. It's something to do with Belle, I think. Um, Interesting. Uh, it's it's simultaneously beautiful and hideous at the same time i i can't ever every time i look at it i have a different opinion about it but at least it's bold (laughs) right and so like like disney has upped their merch game in the last few years to really embrace the like this isn't just a t-shirt with your favorite character on it this is like a vibe a experience a like an emotion that we're trying to um to portray in color and in pattern and in and and by branding them and turning them into merch for for everyone you've got adult and child merch in these colors and and these like patterns and stuff the haunted mansion pattern being like a specific one that they that they really leaned into um it's really kind of changed the landscape almost of like Disney fandom. Yeah. Uh, the word that comes to mind is palette, right? Ooh, like, that is a good in, word. Instead of an object, uh, like a specific t-shirt design, they're working within palettes now for their merchandise. Palettes. I mean, that's of way course better you can than, still get the, way still get the actual t-shirts. What? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that's like, palettes a way better word than vibe, <laughs> <laughs> which is what I decided to land on. <laughs> <laughs> but they're, they're allowing for expression using certain colors, right? Yeah. And so it becomes simultaneously a little bit more generic, right? Because it's just kind of a bunch of different colors instead of specific designs and prints. Um, And at the same time, you can become more expressive because you can sort of mix and match and choose and things are more general purpose. Um, And so that's interesting. And I don't know if the Haunted Mansion is responsible for this. But I feel like that idea of the Haunted Mansion having a palette of greens and blacks and purples and glowing yellows um, and blues, like deep blues, but also bright blues, right? Yeah. Uh, That has allowed it to endure in a sort of design language, I would say. Absolutely. Yeah. They really, really leaned into it. And and took it to another level. I, I you say you don't know if you're ready to say if the Haunted Mansion started it. I think I am ready to say the Haunted <laughs> Mansion started it. I okay. really think that was like one of the first rides or experiences where they were able to make merch out of all of it. And I think it really I think it really kicked off when Disney um acquired the rights to the Nightmare Before Christmas and yeah. and let those IPs merge um, and suddenly an entire group of of like alt and goth kids at a, were able to express themselves um, with their love of you know these these properties um, yeah. and and it really took off everybody loves the Haunted Mansion <laughs> 
The Haunted Mansion has been, we were talking about this a little bit when we were guesting on the Geeky Waffle podcast the other day. Uh, the Haunted Mansion has been described as, like, entry-level spookiness. <laughs> like, truly, truly accessible levels of spookiness, right? Because of the welcoming atmosphere, because of the humor, because it's not grim, but it's grinning. Uh, and yet confronts ideas of mortality and spirits, right? It's it's a very comfy entry level. I think the words that were used when we were talking about it was like comfort food of <laughs> scariness. Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of the beautiful nature of this attraction that has allowed it to become appealing to those who prefer a spookier vibe or palette <laughs> and those who prefer a, a brighter one uh and it, it kind of transcends age taste gender it's appealing to everyone and there are very few rides very few places very few attractions that do that I agree. Well, Alice, it sounds like our conversation about The Haunted Mansion, part four, uh, which brought up all sorts of great new ideas, has come to an end. It has come to an end at the moment, but the conversation, <laughs> as always, continues on the internet. On the internet, the hauntedest mansion of all. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can find us online. Uh, we are always on Twitter. I am at Buddy underscore Duquesne. Duquesne is spelled D-U-Q-U-E-S-N-E. And I am on Twitter and Instagram at Alice White, T-H-P for those happy places. You can also follow the show at Happy Places Pod on Twitter as well. Absolutely. And if 280 characters is not enough for you to express how you feel about this episode, you can always come join us on our Discord server. Yeah, the best way to join the Discord server is to find us on Twitter and ask for a join link, or you can send us an email at thosehappyplaces at gmail.com. Absolutely. Um, and if you want to support the show, you should consider supporting us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash thosehappyplaces is the place to go for all sorts of backer rewards and tiers bonus episodes of this show bonus episodes of our other show rogue fun a podcast story which is our monthly rewatch of rogue one and if you donate at a certain level i believe it is the pass holder select level uh we will read your name at the end of every single episode of every single one of our shows in fact i'll do that right now <laughs> Big special huge thanks to April L, Oslam C, Charles G, Ian E, Nicholas H, Ree J, AJG, Joe W, and Kate P for joining us on our on our Patreon. Uh, thank you all so much for helping us make this show possible. We could not do it without you, and we love and appreciate you. Yeah, without your support, the show would not be what it is. Uh, it has been a very difficult time for everybody, and we cannot thank you enough for sticking with us and continuing to support not just this podcast, but everything we do in the podcasting world. Um, you know, Alice, I think I'm going to add some music to this episode. And would that music have come from the illustrious Kevin McLeod? Kevin McLeod, who writes so much music on the internet that if you go and listen to his library, you'll be like, wait a minute, I've heard that song somewhere online. In fact, I heard one on a TV commercial the other day. I was like, that's Kevin McLeod. <laughs> that's amazing. But yeah, his, his website is incompetech.com and he allows all of his music to be downloaded and used in shows like ours for free under a Creative Commons 4.0 attribution license, which simply asks that we thank Kevin for his hard work and direct you to the show notes for the list of tracks and uh, for the license. So thank you, Kevin. It is always good to hear your notes. Yes. Thank you, Kevin. And also uh, thank you to uh, who is it that wrote this amazing theme song that's ramping up right now. Oh, is that Golden Gate by the California Feet Warmers featuring Phil Alvin? It sure is. You can find their music at CaliforniaFeetWarmers.com. Thank you so much to the Feet Warmers and to Phil Alvin for this amazing track. 
I cannot think of a track that better expresses those happy places. It is an honor to play it at the beginning and the end of every one of our episodes. Yes, thank you. Alice, speaking of honors, the greatest honor in this podcast is that you are my co-host. Oh, you're going to break my heart. <laughs> thank you. Um, it really is just the the highlight of of my creative career so far to be able to work with you and make this show. You are a gentleman and a scholar and uh, my best friend. No, you're my best friend. Whoa. (laughs) Uh, And so thank you for being on the show with me. Thank you. And to everyone out there, thank you for listening. And we hope you return to those happy places.